This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. On the day we celebrated a servant to the club of 25 years in Super Scotty Murray off the pitch, on the pitch we had the chance of winning back-to-back games for the first time since September. However, after a slow start and a quiet start from City, we started to generate some opportunities and ultimately got the goal they deserved. But a sucker punch goal just before halftime silenced Ashton Gate. And for there on in, that we never got going again thereafter. And Matt, is with me as always. Matt Lee's three words were slow, sloppy, stupid. I think he's bang on. I thought we we started fairly sloppily, probably for a, a 10, 15 minute spell. We, we were okay. Um, we created some some good chances, um, which we'll obviously talk about. Conceded a, just a, a terrible goal, really. Not stopping the, the long ball in. Don't know what Andy King was doing with his challenge. And then it just sort of felt that completely took the wind out of of, of the cells. And, and the second half, because he did another poor goal, again, created a couple of good chances, but I just never felt like we were going to get anything in it. Mm. Um, and yeah, I know we'll, we'll go on to talk about Nigel Pearson's post-match comments, but I mean, we're, we're doing this now at what, five o'clock on Sunday, and I'm still absolutely boiling over his comments. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. So we should just say that uh, it's now extra time in the World Cup final. We plan to record this at five and we've proceeded. So uh, we've got one eye on that going on on, on over my shoulder. So uh, you may get some live reaction to the World Cup final. Um, but uh, yeah, Nigel Pearson said after the game, the fact I'm picking a midfield player ahead of centre-backs tells you how I view the squad at the moment. And the man who uh, extracted those words from Nigel Pearson is with us. Ali Durden, how are you? Hello. I'm very well, thanks. Yes, good. Interesting, interesting day all round yesterday. It was. Yeah, it was a poor game, wasn't it? I mean, I agree yeah. with you both, really. It took about half an hour to get going. And then there was just that purple patch, uh, that lovely move where Andy Vyman ended up stretching on the volley, hitting the post. What a goal mm. that would have been. Yeah. And then a couple of minutes later, great play by Campering. Naki Wells scores off his chest he actually told me afterwards he i think it hit his hand as well he had his hand up by his chest but okay, um, yeah. clear, clearly no one spotted that ball um, to hand didn't, exactly yeah didn't matter ball went in one nil they looked in total control didn't they and then um, yeah. yeah switched completely off in added time which was yeah i mean it the timing of the goal was bad the execution of the defending was worse mm. and yeah it was a different game second half wasn't it i mean that seemed to give stoke a lot of life yeah it did um and i don't know i still think actually bristol city were the better team on the day of two not great teams and then yeah the post-match which you never quite sure what to expect from Nigel Pearson and then you know when a manager tells you you're asking the wrong questions (laughs) you sort of think where's this going do you want me to be a bit more direct and he kind of led me towards the I think you need to ask about the defender that's not playing today who could have been it's a strange one because he came back in yeah, he came into the side, put in some great performances, scored some goals. Um, then he was out for for that you know game or two, and mm. not getting back in. Matt, have you got any views on it? 
Yeah, do you know, I I was looking back to see, so Rob Atkinson's last game was the Reading defeat, um, and he's not featured. He may have come on as a sub, or obviously we had the, the, the cup game. I can't remember whether he played in that. Did he um, get injured? So he, I think he must have done, or he must have been carrying an illness or something for him for him to not to have kind of featured. Yeah. And, um, but I, I can't remember it. But I just I just find, you know, Andy King is not a centre half. Now he played well against Watford, and he did okay against Rotherham last week. Um, but you are going to get found out eventually with playing a player like that who's not played many games if, if at all in his career in that position. Um, I didn't like Nigel's first comment when, quite rightly, Ali, in my view, you said about cutting the ball out from source. Um, interesting. Yeah. Naki Wells, in his interview with the official with the, the official club interview, said the same. He felt he should have done more in terms of stopping that ball in. I think from from Suter. Yeah, he said the same I, to me. Yeah, and then Andy King seems to not want to head the ball or is expecting it to drop over his head and, and sort of fall into Max's arms. Um, but I just I just found it a, a strange one. And then for him, as I say, for, for him to literally lead you down that path to Rob Atkinson, which, you know, I, I think you would have asked the question anyway, and it's certainly a question that the fans yeah. were asking before the game. But he again, whether it was in the, um, the, the press post-match or... But he went on to say something around the fact that he needs to show more enthusiasm and work harder, which for me just, you know, it's that old thing of saying, but throws him under the bus. And I just don't know what that does for Rob Atkinson's morale, but also from a team morale point of view. Um, and I lost a little, well, I did lose a little bit of respect for Pearson yesterday, but I'm also bored of hearing the same rhetoric from him and not ever hearing him going, do you know what? I got that wrong. Do you know what? I shouldn't have played that player in that position. Do you know what? Andy Vyman had a good game, but I have to play him, so I put him wherever I can on the pitch. I'm bored of it now. And and last night I lost I lost quite a bit of faith in Nigel Pearson, I've got to be honest. Just in terms of Rob Atkinson, I think the last Bristol City game I covered for Radio Bristol was uh the Swansea game, yep. where he was in the lineup and then he was pulled because he got ill. In the That's hour right. yeah. leading up to kickoff, yeah, um, there is a reason for that. Yeah, yeah. So then, I say that that was the last one I covered. That's when Joe Lowe came onto the bench for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I know he did play in the Lincoln Cup game, didn't he? That um, was a was a pretty poor showing all yeah. round. So uh, it's always very difficult, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest. We don't see what happens on the training pitch, in the dressing room, in individual meetings. Um, there's a lot that goes into how Nigel Pearson picks his team. And it was interesting, though, having led me to want to ask that question, clearly, um, he, he wanted to get something off his chest, didn't he? Um, yeah. Or whether he just wanted to protect his protect Andy King because I'd singled him out for making the mistake, I don't know. But... I, whether he felt the need to defend Andy King by saying, well, he's only in the side because someone else isn't pulling their weight at the moment. But, yeah. you know, f football is different to any other business. I know a lot of people say, oh, that's not the way to, you know, I wouldn't want to perform for him if I was the manager. And what are the dressing room going to think of that? Football is a completely different, you know, a football dressing room is is very different to any other industry. No, your boss in our jobs wouldn't, wouldn't do that to us and single us out like that. But, you know, dressing rooms are 
different and, and managers do manage in different ways to managers in any other industry so i don't know how the bristol city players will react to that he's not the first person that that nigel pearson's done that too and nigel pearson certainly isn't the first manager who's called a player out in public no, i mean absolutely. let's be honest over the city uh, at the memorial stadium joey barton's done it many a time and did it many a time last season and hey they ended up getting promoted so i don't want to draw obvious comparisons but plenty of football managers do use that as a tactic um, you know, look, Naki Wells was frozen out for well, last, yeah, last season. Well, Wells, Cam- Viner, Cam- Campring. Campring's yep. been frozen out. Look, he's now playing some fantastic football. Last, you know, I thought he was good again yesterday. I gather he was good last week. So, hey, it does work. I'm not saying it was the right thing to do, but as I say, football's a, an honesty in terms of, you know. Very yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but on top of that, obviously, with, with Callas um, and Closer, mm involved as well i mean closer just seems to have been you know out of the team and Callas coming back from an injury so you've got two players there where we're not 100 percent sure what what's happening with them i don't know if you have got but any he, insight he could also have played zach viner in the middle and kept he george could. tanner in the team he didn't yep. need to but i'm i'm kind of being slightly hypocritical because I was praising Andy King for his last two games. He, well, you know, he has exactly. been reasonable. So, exactly. you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with King being played. I just didn't like the way that he was afterwards where I think it, to, to me, it comes across as King is me buddy. I've had him all the way along at Leicester and now here, I'm not going to have a go at him. I'd rather have a go at Rob Atkinson who I signed for 1.6 million. You know, Andy King's played centre-back now for those two games and and played well and yeah. held his own. But experience at centre-back, he doesn't have. So certain yeah. situations come along and as a centre-back, you react differently to a centre-midfielder. So well, you, uh, over, you, t- over time, it's yeah. going to, you know, not pay dividends. But not only yeah. that, Patch, you, you, me and Ali knew what Stoke would try and do yesterday. Alex Neil's sides <laughs> always have a way of playing. So for me, you try and put in the physicality. Now, Andy King is not a physical player. He just isn't. Um, I'm not saying Rob Atkinson is overly, but, you know, he, he's a natural defender. And as I said, I think he could have played Zach in there. But it was just the, the softness of the goals and for him not to kind of... To say that he's not considering Andy King's position um, in that in that role, which was the the question that Ali asked, I just find farcical, really. Because how do you not consider a player who's made two fundamental mistakes in a position that he's not really natural at? Um, you know, he just he just wanted to, and may, maybe maybe that will do something to Rob Atkinson where he thinks, do you know what? Mm. I'll show you and we might then see a Rob Atkinson the next six games yeah. coming back in and playing brilliantly. But it's not it's not the way I would like to see my manager going about it. No. Okay. Um, right. We always start our podcasts with uh, a check-in uh, for a talk club. Uh, how are you out of 10? Um, so <laughs> it's going to be an interesting <laughs> one. Um, Ali, we'll come to you first of all. How are you out of 10? Am I at a 10? No, I'm solid seven, I think, today, probably. Yeah, weather's a bit miserable, but, you know, got the World Cup final on and, um, yeah, can't can't complain too much. Christmas is coming. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Matt, yourself? I'm a six, mate. I'm still miffed, as I've said. Um, I can't stand Mbappe, so seeing him score a worldie to get them back into it has not cheered me up. I wanted to see Lionel Messi win it. Plus, it meant then I could look at Piers Morgan on Twitter and watch him <laughs> stop his 
<laughs> obsession with Ronaldo <laughs> over Messi. But yeah, unfortunately, it thinks uh, it's probably going to go that way. So now I'm probably a six, if I'm honest. Yeah. Okay. I'm seven. Uh, I'd say I uh, had a good day. World Cup finals on, as you say. We had a good night out after the game as we well did. last night, Matt, with a yeah. couple of um, couple of friends. So yeah, it was a, a decent curry, a decent night out, and. Well, we'll cover the Scott Murray celebrations a little bit more later, but um, yeah. uh, an, an emotive day. Apart from you know, just on the pitch was the disappointment. So yeah, I think I think I'm going to stick with seven. Um, right, we've we've mentioned the lineup a little bit, but let's go through it. Max O'Leary, Cal Naismith, Campering, Zach Viner, Andy King, Matty James, Andy Vyman, Alex Scott, Joe Williams, Naki Wells, and Tommy Conway. And Matt, the only sort of change there was George Tanner out, Zach Viner in. And we we yeah. half expected that. I also wasn't sure if Andy Vyman would make it. And I would have liked to have seen uh Tanner in the right wing back slot just to see how how that worked out. But as you say, if Andy Vyman's fit, he plays. Yeah, he does and 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 he plays in weather. As, as I say, it's not a it's not something I would do. I don't think Andy Vyman is a right wing back. But that said, I actually thought he got forward really well yesterday, created a couple of opportunities. Ali sort of said the the chance he made or that him and Naki Wells fashioned and he stretched and hit the post. He had another couple in the second half where he, he cut inside. Mm. Um, what he's not doing as a right wing back is getting any crosses into the box. You know, he's, he's much more of Direct. You know, building the play and then racing in into his, his natural sort of striking position, I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, that that was the query because I think he was even a bit of a doubt on Thursday, wouldn't he? So yeah. I guess um, um yeah. Ali, the other option is Andy Vyman comes into the in behind the front two slots, um, and then James or Williams drops out with Scott Scott alongside them to to enable you know George Tanner yeah. to right wing back. Which is how they finished the game, wasn't it? They they sort of moved him more central um, when he made his last change. Yeah, I mean, Andy Vyman apparently trained for two days. He trained Thursday, Friday. So Nigel Pearson told me there was never any doubt he was going to play, really. And he's one of those players that will 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 tell you he's okay, even, even if there is something a bit wrong. But yeah, uh, you're right. Um, his best contributions were were sort of being direct and, and and running in it himself, I think, rather than sort of trying to provide for, for anybody else. But um yeah, it's just a shame that 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 volley after that sort yeah. of nice, nice it's move down the right move, didn't yeah. didn't end in a goal because it deserved to really it was, would have been worthy by some of the distance the best moment <laughs> yeah. of the game, wasn't yeah, it really? That yeah. would have been worthy of the World Cup final, I think, that goal. Well indeed, yeah. 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 Um, so just before the game, uh, we had a little message, Matt, didn't we, to say, uh, it was actually from from uh, a friend, Tim Davis, to say, for anyone bet building on today's game, today's referee officiated City three times last season and issued 23 yellow cards in those three games. It's yeah. also his first championship game this season. So it sort of set the tone, Matt, didn't it? That It did. And I, I didn't think he was too bad in the first half. Um, I thought in the second half... He just got a couple of things wrong. Then he got a little bit card happy for a bit um, and and just lost the plot a little bit. Um, but in the first half, I didn't think you really noticed him, which for me is always the sign of a, a fairly decent referee in performance. Was it Keith Stroud on, as fourth official as well? I didn't notice, actually. Yeah, I didn't think notice. it might have been. Was it? it might right, have been. Okay. Yeah, uh, he was patrolling the area quite right. uh, quite a lot with Alex Neil, who was very animated for the majority of the game. And as something I said to to one of the guys near me was, why do managers 
have a go at the fourth official I know. over a decision. Because <laughs> he's going to do nothing about it. And <laughs> if I'm a fourth official and you've made a decision that's wrong and the manager has said what he said in, you know, X, Y and Z about you, at half time I'm saying you'll never guess what he called you. So <laughs> I'm, I'm more inclined to the second half not to give anything. So, yeah. Yeah, no, good stuff. Right, let's get into the action then. First half. It was a well, well-worked move finished by a layoff from Andy Vyman, a shot from the outside of the box from Alex Scott, but it was dealt with reasonably well by the keeper. So, it was, Ali, it's good, always good to see shots from outside the box. It's something that Alex Scott's bringing into his game more and more, but on that occasion, not enough power to uh, to trouble the goalkeeper. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good to see him have a go. Yeah, because as you say, I don't think he scored this season, has he? And it's been sort of one of the things that's been missing probably from his resume. Mm. Um, I didn't think it was his best game, actually. You know, a lot of his delivery was overhit. I thought he kind of was, he, he miscued a few. But um, there, as always, there were some nice touches in there. A couple of drag backs. He beat a couple of players. Um, and yeah, I'm always in favour. I think if you can get him in some good positions, mm. um, I was all in favour of him taking on a shot and setting an early tone as well. I believe that's important so it, it felt like one of those days where someone needed to do something it was a bit flat it's that you know last game before christmas it's cold etc etc it needed someone to to lift the game a little bit so yeah no it was good to see him have a go yeah just after that matt it's wells conway and williams combining well ended in a fantastic cross from tommy conway but it just evade, evaded naki wells but encouraging to see a decent delivery into the box even if it is from our striker well you, you said it last night when we were chatting through the game um in the carry house didn't you the, the the best crosses of the ball that we seem to have at the moment is is from tommy conway <laughs> and naki wells although i will add cam pring in as well he's put, put a couple of good crosses in but yeah it was a great great ball in from tommy and kind of Naki seemed to get underneath it. And then Alex Scott wasn't quite there. Even though I've, I've talked about how fed up I am um, from yesterday, we did create a number of good opportunities, um, you know, and and that was a, another one case in point. It, it was fractions, wasn't it? it um, I mean, I, Stoke, I thought, were just really poor. Mm-hmm. And yet they're coming away with the three points. <laughs> I agree with what Ali said. I think overall, we certainly in terms of chances created, we created much the better chances. Well, there was so, that good yeah. spell in the in the first half. There's another one yes. coming coming now. I mean, the moment which almost produced the goal of the season. Uh, yeah. It's Viner into Conway, a lovely cushioned pass to Viman, who plays a pass into Wells. He produces a lovely chip through ball back to Andy Viman, who volleys it onto the post. And the angle and the keeper's position, Ali, were just against us. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's it's come off the inside of the far post, hasn't it? Uh, you're almost out, out your seat calling goal from our angle but then it comes back out terribly unlucky but yeah, yeah great execution I mean we've seen we've seen that a few times I remember Cardiff away last season um, you know Vyman can hit a sweet volley on the stretch yeah. um, and I thought he'd hit it caught it absolutely perfectly on the stretch so yeah it was a real shame to see that one come back out because I think yeah I think we'd be talking about that goal for for quite a while otherwise yeah. Absolutely, Matt. You must have it, you must have thought that was in from your well, your exactly. Point. And if it's if the ball hits the post square on, it mm. comes out. I'm not sure who it was that was running in on the left hand side, but you see it in the highlights of a City player completely unmarked. It's a tap in. Mm. Um, so again, fine margins. But yeah, the move at Ali spot on. It's very akin to the Cardiff goal, wouldn't it? And and the Sheffield United goal when he got that hat trick away at mm. Bramall Lane those um, those years ago, but. Yeah, 
would have been a lovely goal. Great ball from Naki Wells as well to clip it like he did. Such fine margins, isn't it? That goal goes yeah. in, you know, get another one, get more buoyant. Yeah. But uh, we all know what happened. Right, let's come yeah. on to the, the goal. Uh, a good highlight. Uh, Williams finds Pring with a lovely pass wide left. Pring uses a almost like a Jedi mind trick. I don't know if you picked this up in the highlights, <laughs> but he almost waves his hand in a different direction, cuts inside, uh, takes on the Stoke defender, cuts to the byline, whips the ball in for Wells to power home with his chest slash hand. Um, yes. And that's, that's now three of the last four goals, Matt, in more or less exactly the same fashion. But we, we keep saying about it, get crosses in the box. What I like about Cam Pring is he, he drives the ball across. He doesn't float it. He doesn't go to the back. He's putting it in an area and with the pace that's either going to cause a problem for the defender or you know, what happened yesterday. Now, again, Naki freely admitted afterwards he, he didn't know anything about it, really. He just sort of got into the position. Um, and he also said how he pulled back on a few of those kind of chances in recent games. So him driving in was brilliant. But shows what campering offers you. Um, you know, for, for me, he's yeah, he's he's absolutely nailed on in that position. Yeah. Now it was great to get the goal, Ali, and obviously it was, I think, well deserved at that particular moment. Yeah, I think so. I'd say that was definitely the best period of the match after a pretty mundane first 25 minutes. They looked like they'd been building up. They'd found a way finally to to get behind a couple of times. And as you say, um it's a lovely bit of skill or, or Jedi mind trick from Campering. Get to the byline, hit it as hard as you can. Defender's nightmare. And Naki Wells anticipated it perfectly, just ran across his man. And um, yeah, he used whichever body part he could like, yeah. hit him and go in. But yeah, I mean, almost impossible to defend some of those, aren't they? If he doesn't get there, it probably hits the defender and goes in. So yeah, well, it was well deserved, I think. Yeah, absolutely. The, the the board goes up, I think, three minutes of injury time and two minutes into injury time. This is the moment that that changed the game, really. Um, it was a long speculative ball forward from Sutar. Um, Andy King opts to duck down rather than attack it. It comes off his back, falls lovely into the path of Delap, who nutmegs Max O'Leary and scores. And yeah, it, uh, the more you watch it, the more confused I am with what was actually sort of going through people's heads, whether... There was a call from Max O'Leary, Matt, or what, for Andy King to not head the ball. Uh, it all just looked in slow motion an absolute mess. I don't, I didn't hear a call from Max. It's obviously at my end of the ground, and, and watching the highlights back, I couldn't see whether he did. I just, just think Andy King thinks there's enough on it that if he does kind of duck underneath it, then it's going to sort of roll through. But he just gets his body shape all wrong. He kind of turns 90 degrees, and as you say, it hits him on the back. Um, and you can tell straight away where, you know, who who feels it's their fault because his reaction afterwards, he's on his hands and knees and, you know, he's, he's clearly devastated. But just a really soft goal to concede. And I think a, a centre half goes and heads the ball. I, I genuinely do. I think Atkinson, closer, head the ball. Now, I'm not saying, you know, <laughs> something else doesn't develop from it, but it was just a really, really poor goal to concede. What was the thought in the commentary box on the goal? Yeah, he seemed to turn his back, didn't he? Which is disappointing, as you say. I think your first instinct as a defender is to get get underneath that and head it away. Um, as you say, who's to know what would have um, happened after that? We got a bit of drama in the World Cup. I won't spoil it for for those on, on oh, delay. Oh, delay. <laughs> um, bit of drama in the yeah. second half of extra time. 
Right, Patch, yeah, you've got to talk me. You've got to talk me through this thing because I haven't got it on my phone. So, <laughs> oh, I, well, <laughs> I tell you what, they might they might be checking. This has gone over the line. We've got a goal. Okay. Which way? Uh, Argentina. Oh come on, oh, come on. Yeah. So I've got a bet on it two was... two 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 and Argentina on penalties, and I could have cashed out. I've got the sound down, but it looked like it was hacked off the line. It did look like it went over, to be honest. So I don't know if they're checking it or not. Well, I'm just yeah. seeing the replay now. Are they awarded it, Ali, or not? Yeah, well, they put it up on the on the BBC, put it up on the score. So, oh, he's onside. That's the first thing they've checked. Goalkeeper saves it. Messi. Oh, is it? does it go over the line? Messi follows up here from Lloris' save. And... Surely it's goal line technology. Oh, yeah, it. it's miles over the line. It's miles over oh, the line. Oh, is it? It's a goal. Three, two. Yeah. Get in, line all. Oh, yeah, it's a goal. No. It's take, a goal. Take that, well, Pierce. There is no doubt about that. I'm not going to need to get my football out and check that one's gone <laughs> over the line. That one okay. is well over. That's a couple of balls distance over the line. I've right, just, so, I've just yeah. seen it. I've just seen it. Three, that's two, that, that's my bet gone. Yeah. <laughs> when will you learn... No, I know. I only put like one pound twenty six on it to get it to a hundred pound return. But uh, uh, yeah, I could have cashed out. But ah, what's the point? Yeah. Right, let's get. Right, where were we? Where yeah. were we? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other, right. the other thing to say on it, though, Patch, as well, is is Zach Viner lets his runner go the lap. So mm. there's there's also a, a, an element of culpability there from from Zach's point of view. But yeah, yeah. Well. It, when you score a goal in injury time at the end of the first half, obviously it's the best time to score. Um, and obviously that was for Stoke on this occasion. And we never really recovered from it, but we'll come on to the second half after Rob's halftime summary. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate. We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events, including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary, and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s who were paraded on the pitch. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me by email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk In addition, we're always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk Thank you. A somewhat mind-boggling half, which has to prompt questions around the team's mentality, mindset and overall tactics. The game and indeed City took a while to get going, all seemingly played out in a lower gear until 20 minutes when we started to up the ante, showing more intent and purpose. Nearly a fantastic team goal rounded off by Vyman, hitting the post, but soon after, following some fantastic wing play from Pring, a much-deserved opener scored by Wells. But then, having put Stoke on the back foot for 10 minutes, culminating in the goal, we seem to drop back, down the gears again, almost waiting for something to happen as we idled towards half-time. No surprise then that having had Stoke on the rack, we then laid out the red carpet for them to join back in with the game, from which they finally launch a long, hopeful ball into the box, which we failed to deal with, and Delap levels as the ball drops into his path. So soft and self-induced. When will we learn to keep our foot down and cash in fully when a side is there for the taking? Frustrating to say the least. Matt, quite accurate sub- synopsis there. Can't say anything more than that. Yeah, I think he's, he's spot on. Okay, right. So halftime, a lovely uh, touching moment for Scotty Murray. Obviously, all week we've had some build-up 
from the club, from former players, uh, to mark 25 years since uh, Scott Murray actually signed for Bristol City. And he's pretty much been there ever since, with the exception of a, a small hiatus up the up the motorway. But Matt, just uh, put into words what Scott Murray means to Bristol City for us. He is Bristol City for me. I think he's... The, the first, first thing, first and foremost with Scott, he's just such a, a tremendous human being. That's a bit of a Mark Ashton for you there. Um, <laughs> but he, he, he really is such a nice bloke. I mean, he will do absolutely anything he can for anybody. You know, I've got um, friends that have, um, you know, had work, managed care homes and Scott's been down and visited and presented shirts. Um, he's, he's done things for people's birthdays, you said, within the the tribute that you were paying about, you know, he's, he's gone to funerals representing the club and nobody, nobody has a bad word about him. And even the staunchest of Bristol Rovers fans, my mates won't say anything negative about Scott Murray. Um, I think probably the only people you would find that would say anything negative about Scott is Cardiff fans, (laughs) (laughs) but he's just, he's just a really nice bloke. Um, I love the fact that he's, you know, he's still connected with the club like he is. You go to away games and he kicks the ball into the stands in. Mm. Yeah, just a really nice bloke. But also really humble. Doesn't yeah, do anything quite, for credit. He was quite credit. embarrassed yesterday, yeah. wasn't he? <laughs> Doesn't do anything for himself. He's just, yeah, a, a really top, 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 top professional, but a top, top bloke. And Ali, I listened to your interview with him on the touchline uh, just a minute ago, actually, for the first time. And uh, what's this about you and him doing karaoke? Yeah, so... <laughs> a few years back, for uh, for the Points West preseason friendlies, I had this idea of basically nicking James Corden's carpool karaoke <laughs> idea, but basing it around football and also throwing in a bit of singing as well if people were up for it. And the very first one I did was Bristol City with Scott. And um, yeah, so we basically drove around past the Three Lions and, you know, South Bristol, went up over the suspension bridge. And I did get him singing a bit of the Wurzels at the time. So, yeah, he he was well up for that. Lee Johnson did it as well the following year. Um, And I think the Lee Johnson one is definitely on the BBC Sport website because I was telling some, if you put in Lee Johnson, karaoke, Bristol City, BBC, you'll find it. I don't know if the Scott, the first year of when I did them, whether they went up on the BBC Sport website, but the Lee Johnson one, he was saying Elton John Rocket Man with me, which was very funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Scott was great. He was game for a laugh, did it straight away. I've always had a soft spot for Scott because the year he joined was the year I joined Radio Bristol, 1997. Ah, so that's when they gave me a full-time job in 97. And yeah, a couple of months later, well, three or four months later, he signed. So I've kind of always been there when he's been there. And, you know, he's probably one of the, you know, one of the early players that I will have interviewed. And that first season was my first year sort of covering the team. I didn't do all games, a bit like now, really. But um, I did some, I did enough games to get to know them. So, yeah, just echo everything you say, really, is everything you want in a club ambassador, isn't he? You know, totally um, selfless, will do anything for anyone, doesn't blink. Uh, 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 wanting to help you out has a kind word to say about everybody um just a great guy absolutely really great guy and and so humble with it and yeah i don't know if he had a testimonial but 
my goodness, there's no one down there that deserves one more than him or another one if if he if he hasn't had one or if he has had one another one. I don't think he has. Is no, he hasn't. Well, yeah, he, re- no. he really he really should get one. Yeah, he yeah. really should get one. Yeah, I they, think they, they need to mark need to mark at some point. I don't know when it'll be, but I'm sure they will mark his contribution to the community to the football club. Um, because yeah, it's it's not he's he's not just a kit man and an ambassador. He's a lot more, really. I think, yeah. isn't he, to Bristol City? Yeah, like you said, the community. Um, and I know there's a lot of others that get involved in a lot of what they do. But you know, him him and Matty Parsons every week delivering the food with the rest of the team. And yeah, he's again everything we've said. I don't brilliant. know which which one it would be, but surely he should be nominated for a, a you know an MBA, CBE, whichever one is sort of service to the community because he can't be far off earning mm. such a, such an accolade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, key he, to the city, if that's a, if that's yeah, a thing. Maybe if he, <laughs> I think it, I think it does still exist. Yeah, yeah I think it does. <laughs> you know, what does that mean, key to the city? Does it mean you can like walk your sheep through the Park Street or something? It's, it's something like that, isn't something it? Something stupid like that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd probably have to pay a congestion charge now. For Maybe doing you that, could but... get J- Jeff Merrick's cows and walk yeah. them through Park yeah, Street yeah. Or, uh, yeah. or, or down Ashton Gate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. But no, yeah, amazing. Great, uh, great reception for, for Scotty. And uh, I think it's coming up this week is his first league appearance for Bristol, Bristol City. So um, we shall be marking that again soon. But uh, yeah, thank you very much to Scotty for your service. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Back to the negativity. 2-1 down. <laughs> 57th minute as James and King more or less get in each other's way and Brown takes advantage. Potentially a foul on Naki Wells in the build-up, but City must defend that better, Matt. Naki, I think, tries to kind of flick it and... and um loses the ball. Mm. I don't know who it was that played the left left ball the, the ball from the left out to the right. Um oh can't sorry. Can't, yeah I can't think but oh what not a goal. Oh my word. Go on. Three three. Oh Get in. It, Mbappe <laughs> penalty sorry Matt Mbappe penalty. Oh is it? Yeah. I, did, I didn't see the I didn't see the incident. I wasn't looking up at the screen but I've just seen him step up and score it. Mm. Three minutes to go three three hat trick. So is that yeah. three minutes to go to the end of two penalties? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three right. minutes from penalty. This is going to be this is going to be a penalty shootout. Hat, hat trick for Mbappe then. Only the yeah. second player in World Cup final history. Yeah, he's just kissed the ball, steps up, yeah. right footed, sticks it in the bottom left hand corner. Keeper's gone the other way. More importantly, uh, that's my bet back on. So, <laughs> uh, More, most was... importantly, most <laughs> importantly. <laughs> Oh dear! Right back to the game. Um, yeah, but yeah, they that. crossed. Crossed. That's all right, mate. They crossed it left to right, didn't they? And, and as the ball got switched, I was calling on Naismith on his touch, and I think Naismith allowed him just too much time to get the ball, whip it across, and it was a lovely James. ball across. And, yeah, and I think it, the, it was. the striker, was. the Stoke striker, didn't control it very well, did he? So yeah. it didn't. It, it sort of I went didn't, out. I right. didn't think there was enough from Naismith to try and stop that cross coming in. Um, and then Andy King just fluffs his lines, doesn't he? And, and literally passes it to Jacob Brown to yeah. smash into the net. Yeah, it was definitely a coming together from Matt James and Andy King. I mean, yeah. you can have all the experience in the world, but if you can't get the ball out from under your feet, Ali, I guess it's... Uh... Yeah, it didn't cover themselves in glory there, did they? That was um, not a good moment for that back line again. Um, yeah, real shame, real shame. But as I say, after half time, that... Just them getting that goal, and in the manner they did, and in the moment they did, it just seemed to change the the the, the whole outlook of the game. Second half from Stoke, they went from a team that felt like they 
weren't in a particularly good place to sort of thinking, oh, yeah, actually, if we just dust up our game 5% here, we might have a chance. And yeah. maybe they saw a bit of a weakness and found a way to, yeah, ask a few different questions. And they did. Right. So we act, react with a substitution. It's Conway off for Semenyo. Uh, yes. Matt, your thoughts on that one? For me, I, I wouldn't be taking Conway or Wells off. I would be getting Semenyo on the pitch, but I wouldn't be taking Conway and Wells off. I guess it's what do you do to get Semenyo on the pitch in that case? It's kind of a, a natural that he's going to take one of those two off, isn't he? Um, potentially, Alex Scott wasn't having a good game. You could have dropped Tommy back in behind um, to, to bring Antoine on. Or Semenyo and just have them interchanging. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, potentially. Um, he could have switched it at the back earlier than he did. Um, Antoine's just just frustrating me at the moment. I don't know if it's a case of I don't I don't I was gonna say I don't know if it's a case of the hype from the World Cup and he's too nice a lad to to you know think he's Billy Big Time or anything like that, but he isn't playing to the the capabilities that we know that he's got. He shows glimpses. He's just not finding the 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 end product enough of it. But I know what you're saying. It's disappointing for Tommy, and clearly um, he was disappointed. What I love about Tommy Conway's attitude, though, is clearly disappointed. And you could see him look up to the skies when his number comes up and he's got to go. But he then runs, runs off the pitch because he's mm. he's all about the team winning. It's not about Tommy Conway. Well, he's a Bristol um, City fan, you know. And, exactly. But, and I know they all but, want Bristol City to but win. Perhaps but there's plenty of players over the years that play for their boy club and whatever that don't show that same, you know, commitment to get off and try and get, you know, the, the goal that's needed with a player coming on. So, yeah. but yeah, it was a, it's almost becoming the stock change that it's kind of 60, 65 minutes and yeah. it's either Tommy or Naki to come off when both of them actually were playing pretty well. Mm. Yeah, it was another change on 75 Alley with Sykes coming on for Joe Williams and obviously Sykes going out wide and, and Andy Vyman sort of coming into the middle. But uh, yeah, two two rolls of the dice. Yeah, well, well, on the Tommy Conway one, first of all, I mean, uh, he'd been, he'd taken a, three or four he gets battered and all over the pitch challenges and he'd been down quite a long time for a few so I wondered whether he was just struggling a little bit but as you say then he got up and sprinted off the pitch so yeah. that very very quickly debunked that theory but I, that that's what I called at the time I thought yeah maybe he's just you know he's got a bruise too many and uh, and Nigel's protecting him bringing on someone um, maybe a bit more physical a bit more well, powerful I think um, that's that's kind of what Tom how, how Tommy Conway plays. He he is yeah. he is a target man as much as a, an out and out striker, and he holds the ball up well. And for for someone with his sort of stature, he he uses his attributes so well. Mm. And as I say, Naki Wells and Tommy Conway were the main sort of suppliers of crosses into the box yesterday. Yeah, they were. And then the Sykes one, obviously, as we discussed earlier, was a way to try and get Andy Vyman central again. I think get him. Yeah get him a bit more involved up the pitch um so Sykes coming on the right seemed a logical thing to do and, and again you know there was there was a couple of good moments I think he got to the byline got in a couple of good crosses um which was nice to see as you say the, the wide players getting something we had camperings for the goal and yeah. and Sykes oh World Cup chance save France <laughs> France nearly pinched it in the last 10 no! seconds oh, good God. good save by the keeper's legs there did well so, yeah, there were logical changes for me. Gary Hours said in comms, he said, yeah, they're going to have to take one of the three three central midfielders off here. Um, and 
Joe Williams, I guess, is the most defensive of those three, was the logical one when you're chasing a goal. Yeah. And uh, to be fair to Sykes, Matt, it, it was 15, yeah, 15 minutes plus five. Mm. And we, we we were not happy with his performance at all at Rotherham when he came on. But yeah, uh, yeah he put in a shift. Yeah, decent cameo. Um, had a shot, a couple of good crosses. Um, One a header as well. Yeah, but, but also had the ball played for him to run on to and try and create something. He wasn't having to almost you know do it himself with with beating the man that he was played into space so no i thought it was it was decent from him when he came on yeah yeah wells turns provider and delivers a great cross which semenyo nor scott oh. can get on the end of uh ali what a chance that was and what a cross yeah i don't think semenyo had been on very long had he and it, no. again it was flashed across the box and he just needed to lean stretch that neck muscle you know another half yard and it's a goal, isn't it? I mean, he's right in front of the near post and you think that's got to be a goal. Yeah, it was a great, it was another great ball. And as you say, it was just a another almost, wasn't it? An almost moment for Antoine there. Um, yeah, if he gets anything on that, I think it's in the back of the net. I'm talking about almost there, that was a great save from the Argentine goalkeeper, which I'm now up It was, to wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> when he showed it on the replay. <laughs> right, sticks, um, his le- sticks his left leg out and just oh, gets yeah. enough on it. It's that, that one with Antoine. I mean, from where I am in the South Stand, he's got to score. He's he's got to do more to to want to put that in the back of the net. And it's just you look at it and think, I don't I don't know how we've not scored there. You know, just a yeah. Yeah. Okay, we get a free kick in a really good position on the edge of the box, probably about twenty-two yards-ish. Um, which Naismith is over. And you think, you know, if anyone's gonna hit the target, Naismith left footed. Uh, but it's over. It is does go over by you know a, a good a good foot, I'd say. Yeah. But how, how about the old days, Ali, when we used to see a free kick every other week go in from Mickey Bell, Barnard, <laughs> Tinian? We just don't seem to see it these days. No, I don't know. The balls are a bit different in you know the <laughs> tw- twenty or so years that have gone by. But it, I don't know. Yeah, it, I haven't seen many frustrating many set piece direct set-piece goals that I've seen this season. It's, it's easy to say, but I always used to say to, to my nephew, Tom, when he played, because he used to take our free kicks, you're never going to score unless you hit the target. Mm. And, you know, Nick Smith fires over. And you sometimes you think you're trying to be just a little bit too clever with it or a little bit yeah, too accurate. Two top bins. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Just make sure you hit the target and then he knows what's going to happen. Well, banks in front of him, anything can oh, happen. Well, yeah, exactly. Okay, Williams sets Weiman away down the right. He takes it on, cuts inside with a lovely touch inside, to be fair. Sets himself mm. up for an opportunity to shoot, to shoot left-footed. And whether Wells gets, you know, in his mind's eye and sort of puts him off a little bit, puts him in two minds. Um, Semenyo does really well to create the space for the shot, but it's a wasted opportunity, Matt. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, as you say, it was a, a decent move. Um they're just a, another mix-up and we don't make the most of it, yeah. Okay, um, then we've got uh, Martin uh, coming on for Andy King. So that really was, you know, go sort of four at the back with the, the two, the right wing back and the left wing, left right back bombing on um, and an opportunity to get more bodies up front. Uh, there was a Naismith free kick on the right. King gets his head on it and glances wide. And Ali, that was another opportunity, really. Yeah, it was a chance of redemption, wasn't it? And he, he got into the space really well. Um, I'm trying to replay it in my mind now, whether he, he probably glanced it. I think it was about three or four yeah. yards wide, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 
That was a good opportunity for sure. He would have loved that to have gone in after yeah. what had gone before. That I would think I'd love to have seen a set of powerful moment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, a chance towards the end for Sykes as well, which you've spoken about. Um, cutting him from on the right-hand side and left-footed shot through a group of players, which, Matt, we've seen take a deflection and go in, haven't we? Yeah, he probably didn't catch it as cleanly as he wanted to or, or um, you know, get the, the power in. It was a little, little bit like the sort of Alex Scott effort in the first half where you're expecting the keeper to save that all day long, really. Um, yeah. But again, in fairness to Sykes, he got involved in and did make a bit of a difference when he came on. Yeah. Okay, and that was it. That was the end of the game. Really flat. It was a game we should have won. You know, even on the balance Stoke of chances. Below us in the league Stoke, as well. Exactly. And then then they go above us in the league. But Stoke weren't great. They hadn't been on a great run of form. I know there's a, a bit of discontent up in the potteries with the style of football that they're playing. But yeah, you know, I I, I get the disappointment. I get the disappointment because it just wasn't a very good game. And and you're seeing too many of those at the moment down at Ashton Gate. Yeah. I thought it was a little bit for the referee as well because I didn't think he had a very yeah, good maybe. second half. I yeah, don't think maybe. he had a very good second half. There were a few few interesting decisions. There was one right down on the byline where I think yeah. City wanted a corner and he gave a goal With kick. Antoine. Yeah. There was there was Antoine possible penalty. We haven't really discussed that, but from <laughs> up in the box, he kind of stumbled and I thought, yep. oh, was there contact? Yes, but he stayed on shape. his feet, didn't he? He, did, he stayed yeah. on his feet and I thought, oh, if he goes down there, I wonder if he gets a penalty. Yeah. Because it did look like the defender had, had a had a little nibble there. And then there was just, you know, some pretty horrible time wasting. And I know all teams do it a little bit, but yeah. I don't think the referee handled it very well. And, no, you know, a few free kicks City wanted to take and he made them come back and take again. And I think, yeah, I think, I think, I don't know, you you were in the stands, but I think fans were getting a bit frustrated with, yeah, with no, the referee no. as well as the game. I was actually going thought on. the the Antoine um when he clearly go thought down. The, No, no, not that one. When he clearly no. thought it was a corner, um, yeah. and the ref didn't. And Antoine kind of yes, he raced to him, but he didn't it wasn't aggressive and he's not mm. the sort to F and Jeff at him. Um mm. Andy Vyman is and did get booked, <laughs> but he also seemed to book Antoine, and it was like he, he's not that sort of lad. So it's like I said at the start. He just seemed to lose control in the second half, the ref, um, mm. and got a little bit card happy. So, yeah, you're probably right, Ali. I think it's Oof. an element of that. Just going well, back to that. Say, um, we're in pens. We're in pens now. Yeah. And Mbappe, Mbappe scored. Messi has scored. My word, he rolls it almost in. And does he? Uh, Lloris was going one way, and I think he decided then to go the other, and I thought he was going to get there for a minute. But it's, uh, no, it's 1-1, it's one, one, both. Both number 10s have scored. But just going back to that Semenya thing, in our in- interview we did with Brian Tinian, we said, who's, who who is the, the dark arts teacher, like at Hogwarts at <laughs> yeah. Ashton Gate? Um, and, you know, he sort of said with a number of ex-players there that they sort of learn on the job from them. But Semenya's got to go down there. You know, someone who got booked, I think it was Turam got booked a minute ago for for France for diving in the box. If, if he goes down, that is a penalty. If it was inside the box, I think it just was. I don't know. I don't know if we'll, I'll ever see another penalty in my life. France penalty missed. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, oh. they just missed. I've got it on. Uh, I've got it on in play on the bet three. I say miss. It's a save. It's a save. He's he's decent at pens, Martinez, isn't he? So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, Matt. Take us on to the ratings, please. Okay. And yeah. Ali, if um, you disagree or I disagree, we'll chip him. And please chip him because again, bearing in mind I was talk club of six and. 
absolutely livid when I did this this morning. So Bear in mind, me and Ali are watching the penalties, but carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're listen- I promise but, we're listening, Matt. There may, there may be a few that um, you disagree with, but yeah. Um, so Max, I went six. I didn't think... First view, and I did kind of wonder about the first goal with Max, but watching it back, I don't think he could have done anything with it. Um, the laps in the six-yard box practically, and he, when he fires it in... Um, Thought he, he was okay throughout the game. Max didn't really do anything too wrong. So um, I went I went five for Max because yeah. um, he con- conceded two goals. I thought although his kicking was better. Yeah. Um. I I think as a goalkeeper, I know he's relatively young, but command the area a bit better. And if if you've got those two two uh, goals that were defensive errors. Is there some blame attributed to the goalkeeper? Don't know, but I thought if six is an expected performance, then that's probably a worldy save needs to be happening to get him a six and lose but, two one. Yeah, maybe I just don't. I don't think either goal are down to him. I think both of them. They're, oh, they're... Brant's no, third penalty no. missed. Chumani's <laughs> missed. He's put it wide left. Dragged so is that it badly? Is, who took two the first? One. Mbappe. So two one Argentina to make it three one. Now is it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ali, your judgment well, on gone uh, the right way as well. Talking to keepers, Max O'Leary, you six or five? Yeah, I have six. I think, yeah. I mean, he's got megged for the first goal, but I mean, that's yeah. you know, right. you, you, you never know where that that's going to be slid, and then don't think he could do a lot about the second. I don't think he had too much else to do much in the game, really. You know, no, they, they, I mean that's they, the frustrating thing. Yeah, they didn't create anything really, did they, Stoke? So just to show we were listening, Matt. Go on, carry on. Yeah. Um, so Zach, I went six. Um, again, I think he did let, let his runner go for the first, but also wouldn't necessarily have been expecting the ball to not be headed away with the sort of ball it was put in there. Um, and thought he did okay, Zach, on his return. Um, got forward a few times. I always love the fact that you get fans when he's 30 yards out, shoot, shoot. And then when he shoots and it goes wide, they're all like, oh, what did he shoot for? Because like, well, <laughs> you idiots have all been chatting it and we knew that, yeah. That's not really Zach's locker, but still. So I went six for Zach. Um, Carl Naismith, I went five. I think Stoke, with them matching up against us, nullified um, a lot of what Carl does. But I just didn't think it was a very good game for him. I didn't think he had the influence on it. Um, didn't seem to get on the ball at all. But but more than anything, didn't seem to show the leadership qualities that I expect to see from him. And we have seen so often I just thought it was a, a pretty, yeah, n- not a Carl Naismith performance, hence the reason why it was a five and not a six. Um, Cam Pringer went six, could have been a seven, to be fair, and Cam was certainly one of our better players, but I don't, I didn't think it was a great game, and therefore I didn't think too many of them were above what I would expect. Um, for the cross that he put in, um, you know, great. But he also did lose his man a couple of times. There was one moment where, admittedly, he was the last man late into injury time. Um, tried to control the ball or get a, a foot in and didn't, but did at least run back and match stride for stride with the striker, which meant he ended up sort of putting it over the bar. But yeah, it was it was it was a decent performance from Cam, but it was what I would expect from him. Joe Williams, Matty James, and Alex Scott. I went fives for all three. I didn't think any of those three did enough to influence going forward. Joe Williams showed some nice moments, but I still don't see the Joe Williams that I want to see that really dictates that midfield. 
um, for me, is still absolutely a position that I think we need to fill. I think we need a big physical presence in there. Um, someone that, that wins the ball and comes away with it. And, and I don't see that enough. Um, I thought Matty James did okay. I mean, one of our group Pat sort of said they, they thought Matty James was man of the match, didn't they? And, and for me, just didn't see enough from him. Don't don't see enough creativity in there. So, yeah. Um, and then Alex Scott showed some lovely touches, but not enough in terms of influence. He had one shot that you kind of look at and think, I don't know what you're doing there. A couple of crosses that didn't match the cross that he had last week. So I think the midfield, it was a more of a five for the three of them. Yeah. Mm. Andy King's going to, be harsh, but I, I had to go four because he's he's responsible for the two goals and, and it costs us. So, you know, I've given him an eight and a seven the last two games. Um or oh, they've won. Messi's won, yeah? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, Montiel's just scored oh, the last pen. So amazing. it's all over. I'm glad about that because I think in my lifetime he's been the best player I've ever seen play. So yeah. Nice ten for ten for Messi. Uh, probably no, probably not a ten. Maybe a, a six or seven. I mean, I'd, I'd like, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Mbappe's face now and see if he's still. Oh, he's on the screen. screen. I'm literally watching oh, him now. He's licking his tears? lips. No, no tears. tears. Oh, no tears. No. That's a shame. I wonder if Harry Kane can tweet something back about the fact <laughs> that uh, what goes around comes around, Kyle. Whatever your name Lovely is, taste Killian, of Shard, Killian, or whatever his name is. I've just given a new nickname. Then nice. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, Kingy, I went Kingy as Nigel likes to say. Um, I know he trusts him, but yeah, sorry, fourth for me for Andy King. Um, Andy Vyman, I went six, and and again, it's a difficult one because it doesn't create enough for others as right wing back. Defensively, runs around, rats around, but you know we'll we'll get caught out from time. But did actually had the one shot at the post, another one in the second half. He was quite lively getting forward. So I went six for Andy. Similarly, I went six for Tommy. Um, I did still think Tommy put himself about. I think the forwards have to, to try and generate so much themselves. They don't get a, you know, we, we, again, we said last night, didn't we, about wingers. We, we don't have wingers anymore. We don't see crosses coming into the box. Mm. In you know, I'd love to see Tommy Conway in a side where he's getting five or six crosses into the six-yard box week in, week out. Why do you think we didn't see any of the, the Naismith through balls that we saw sort of three of at Rotherham? I, I think they matched us up. I think they 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 closed yeah. him down. Um, there wasn't the sort of space um, that he had previously. Yeah, and then we... that it's, a, it's funny, you know, Gareth Southgate was announced today that he's going to stay on, and, and I'm glad about that. I like Gareth Southgate. But in the same ways with Gareth Southgate, I question his in-game management... I do the same with Nigel Pearson. I just don't think we we look at what we're playing and what we're doing. I mean, we we just kept going long. The last 20 minutes in particular, we kept going long. And and that suitor just it's meeting meet and drink for him. He's just heading everything away. And so yeah, I'd, I would question that. Um Naki Wells, I went seven. Naki was my man of the match. Um I thought yeah, I agree with a, that. Put a hell of a shift in, scored the goal. Um was very disappointed and and again all about opinions. You know, I was we were chatting to someone in the stands at Rotherham Patch, weren't we? And this lad was sort of saying to me, I can't wait for the summer when we get rid of all these high wage earners. And he sort of said, you know, Callas and Wells. And and I was, well, I, would, I don't want Naki to go. I would, I'd like to see Naki sign a new contract. Um and I really would. I I just think he's shown a real 
attitude and desire. Thought he spoke really well after the game yesterday as well. Um, so yeah, so Naki was my man of the match. And then Antoine came on on the 60th minute. I think um, mm -hmm. I gave him five and it was nearly moments with Antoine as well. I just, I just, I just want to see him back to how he was at Fulham where he's, he's got that, that single mindedness to drive and you know, get his shots away. And there was one effort in the second half where you just thought this has opened up lovely for him now. And it, he ended up driving it and it hit a city player and went wide, didn't it? But yeah. And then Nigel, I've gone, I've gone for, and it's probably more about his post-match that I've ended up giving him that score than, than the game, but I'm sticking with it because he's he's peeved me right off, if I'm honest with you. Mm. Um, and I would say it if he was stood in front of me right now. As a as a fan watching, um, you know, I'm not gonna put words in Ali's mouth. Um, you know, the the um, the commentators, the reporters, the journalists might not feel that at all, feel it's a bit of banter or whatever, but I just I just don't like it. Um and it's so difficult to say, and it's a man I really cannot stand, and I really cannot stand him. But when I look across the city and I see the the way that Joey Barton shows the passion and it just reminded me all the while of like the Gary Johnson days and the fist pumping. And, and that's kind of a manager that I want, not Barton, but I want someone that... Yeah, you're not going to get that to, from Nigel, are you? No, no, you're not. But I just want to see, I want to see that he cares. Again, there was a comment that in the post-match uh, press conference with Ali where, you know, there was one one element about he didn't care what we thought about his view on the team. Um, and then there was another comment about the transfer window along the lines of it didn't matter whether he thought it was going to be a busy one or he expected it to be a busy one or wanted it to be a busy one. It didn't matter. We'll have to wait and see what will be will be. And it's like, I don't want that. Show me that you really care and you want to drive it forward. And I don't feel like that at the moment. I've really, I've really changed my view on the back of it. But as I say, it was still it's still raw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I mean we had that obviously that defeat at at Lincoln Watford yeah. game, we put in a good shift and earn a draw. Then we go to Rotherham four weeks later, get a win, and now we are on the back of a defeat to Stoke in a lower position to us. It's it's yeah. the inconsistency that that drives us mental because we have three or four opportunities, good opportunities yesterday. If they go in, we're probably not having half of these conversations. And that's, no, exactly. that's football, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Um, but Ali, I mean, you've been in the job 25 years, spoken to however many managers that is at Bristol City. Uh, mm. Is Nigel Pearson under pressure? Uh, is he under pressure? I don't think he is, actually, at the moment. Um, whilst there's half a season still to play, a January window still to come, um, and... It's such a strange division that I think it's impossible to say how things are going to play out at the moment. So I don't think he is actually under pressure. Um, and as as for him as a person, yeah, very hard to read because I, I really just get snatches of time with him. And he's, have I built any sort of, you know, I don't meet him as much as Rich and Ed do, obviously, because I do a very limited amount of games for Radio Bristol. So I don't get to meet him every Thursday at his press pre-match press conferences. You know, I've been to the Robins High Performance Centre once this season, which was literally last week um, when they made the return to training to do my piece for TV. So I don't have as much interaction with him as those guys do. So I can only speak as I find. Mm. And I find him 
I haven't really got a measure of him yet. I'm not quite yeah. sure what to make of him. I've got to be honest, he isn't aggressively rude to me. I know a few people sort of said, oh, he was rude to Ali yesterday. I didn't think he was, actually. I think he was mm. just being Nigel Pearson. That's just how he is and how he's been every week, really. As you say, with whoever he talks to, he's um, he's a bit contrary sometimes, I feel, for the sake of it. You know, I just think, oh, you know, it's it's a bit confusing sometimes. I'm trying to think, where do you want me to go with this? He, like mm-hmm. you say, he tries to leave, is he trying to leave me or is he just being argumentative for the sake of it? And not just with me, I've seen it with Gregor, I've seen it with Richard Latham. I've, you know, I just think sometimes I think, oh, that's it really necessary. But, you know, that's if that's that's the way it is. But actually, yesterday I thought he was in quite a good mood. I saw him before the game and he did come out and shake my hand and. You know, I still wished him a Merry Christmas afterwards because, did, yeah. you know, it's 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 the last time I'll see him before Christmas. So, I, yeah, I didn't have a problem with him yesterday, really, to be honest. But I, I do find him hard to fathom out. And one interesting thing he said to me at the training ground when I was there last week, because I was obviously for my Points West hat on, I was there to do a piece about the return to training. But also I wanted to talk to Hannah Masengo um, about the World Cup because England were about to play France. And they very kindly let me talk to him. And I asked Nigel, I said, oh, you know, just a bit of fun. I said, has there been any banter, you know, with the players winding up hand Noah and Stefan as well this week coming up to the game? And he said, I wouldn't know. I don't spend much time in the dressing room. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. A manager mm. who doesn't spend much time in the dressing room, you know. Yeah. But yeah. he does, just watching him on the training ground, he's very hands off. Yeah. You know, he let he lets... Curtis Fleming and Jason Yule and his coaches do the coaching and he walks around the perimeter and watches a lot and observes and that's his management style and then he makes his decisions you know he's a he's an observer and then he makes his decisions based on that so it was that was an interesting insight just to watch him at work really because as I say I don't get to see that very often yeah okay now interesting insights Ali thank you so much yeah no it's uh I mean the interviews after the game are always, particularly after a loss, are always going to be heightened emotions. And mm. he's definitely much more relaxed than his Thursday press conferences and things like that. Yeah. But, uh, and I yeah. think that's where you'll get more. I know, you know, fans want to go, right, well, let's find out more now about what exactly, um, you know, Rob Atkinson has done to put Nigel's nose out of joint. You know, what I have, people have to remember is when I do that interview after the game is I get, three and a half minutes probably so it's a flash interview within 20 minutes of full time emotions are high you've got to cover a lot of things whereas on a thursday or even in the press conference when he goes upstairs he might spend 10 15 minutes in there answering questions from uh evening post bristol live whatever you want to call them now richard latham anyone else who's there and on a thursday he will sit and he will be a lot more relaxed and he will probably give you a bit more detail on those things. Whereas straight after the game, yeah, emotions are at their peak. And it is sometimes difficult to keep keep going after one subject. Yeah. You know, I could, yeah, maybe I could have spent the whole four minutes then going, right, okay, let's just talk about Rob Atkinson now. <laughs> but I'm also aware... Radio Bristol want me to ask about West Brom. They want me to ask about, okay, you've, you've said we haven't got enough quality. The January window is two weeks away. I need to ask about that as well. So, you know, I just think it's, there's ways it's, of, it's a difficult, it's a difficult yeah. way to slice sometimes. I think there's ways of doing it. I mean, even the thing with the West Brom, you know, <clears throat> aside that we're in the relegation zone, or if certainly not, if, if they weren't in the bottom um, 
relegation zone, they were certainly in trouble. Got yeah. a new, new manager in, same squad of players. And this is the bit that always gets my goat about fans that talk about Nigel Pearson and, you know, why would you get rid of him? He's not been able to spend any money. He's got X, he's got Y, he's got Z reasons. But managers come in with the same squad of players and make a difference. Now, I'm not calling for Nigel Pearson's head at all. But mm. when you then ask the question about West Brom, he mm. can easily just turn around and say, yeah, you know, they've, they've had a good run of form. We'll have them watched. We'll be prepared in the right way. Yeah. But instead, it's like, I don't care. I, I don't, don't care, care about, about them. I know. And it's like, well, you should bloody care because that's our opposition. And yeah. that's that's the bit that I don't like. I think he's trying to... I mean, and it's it's him. You can go back to any press conference from the last 20 years he's done. It's the way that he is. Um, yeah. I've met him a few times. I've liked him when I've met him. I've spoke to a lot of people in, in and around the, the, the HPC who talk about him as being the best manager they've seen up there because of the way that he is with people. I think yeah. it's just the way he is with the media. Um, but I, as a fan, as I say, I want my manager of my club yeah. to show me that it really matters. If Rob Atkinson shows no enthusiasm, if he thinks that Rob Atkinson is feigning injury, feigning not being 100%, whatever it might be, fine, keep that in the house. As a fan, I don't want my manager coming out and saying that. I don't, because um, I just don't think it sets the right tone. And irrespective of what other managers across the city might do, I don't think it's right when he does it. But I mean, if um, it is if it is going back to what you said, I don't know what exactly said about him not showing enough enthusiasm or whatever. Literally, the that was. doesn't didn't show enough enthusiasm and needs to work harder. Well, is what Rob, Rob Atkinson, listening to him, he's not the most enthusiastic of. People. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah. but he's been great this season and added goals well, to his tally as well. So exactly. I don't I don't quite. We've get talked it. about him being back in the form that he was in those first six, seven games of last season where he got three out of the six games as man of the match for us, didn't we? But like I say, I don't, I just don't like that way of going about it. You can have those conversations with the players in private, you know, Ali asking the question yesterday, why Rob Atkinson not in there? He could have just said, just a tactical decision today. Um, you know, King has played really well the last two games. I wasn't going to drop him. But he doesn't. He has to say he needs to work harder. He needs to do X, Y, and Z, which might absolutely be the truth because we don't see them in training. We mm. don't see the interactions. But I don't think it sets the right tone. But that maybe that says more about me as a 52-year-old bloke who manages people. <laughs> it's not the way that I would go about it. But as you say, football is a very, very different game. Okay. All right. A uh, <clears throat> little bit of admin before before we head off. Uh, so Tuesday, the 20th of December, not only is it Scotty Murray's 25 years since his uh, debut at Chesterfield at home, but it's also five years since 2-1 at home to Man United. Uh, oh, so, so yeah, wow. quite an evening uh, that was. So well, yeah, What five... a difference in five years, Patch. If I, know, I could I, roll the roll the clock back five years, what a difference in atmosphere and feeling around the I place. feel like Nigel Pearson leading you into into yeah. saying, you know, something, Matt. Obviously, I yeah, set you up for that one. Um, but yeah, no, it was watching the game. I watched the highlights earlier today just uh, to reminisce, but uh, what an evening. I saw a tweet the other day where someone quite rightly said Joe Bryan's goal doesn't get get enough credit that it deserves because it well, was such a a great move and strike. So Jimmy Mann was 70 um, in the week mm. and Famara Zizou was 30, I think on the same day. Uh, and obviously Jimmy Mann's goal at home to Nottingham Forest, the European champions at the time, yep. um, was 
superb, but I didn't see it with my own eyes. Obviously, I've seen it on video. Joe Bryan's goal, you know, memorable goals at Ashton Gate, that they're all in the same breath, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they are. I mean, you could you could name them, couldn't you? Name them. There's, there's three immediately that you think are absolute, you know, your top 10 goals almost. So, yeah. Can I just say as well, um, obviously got to see Scott, his brother, mum, his two boys and his daughter. They're, they're all cut from the same cloth. You know, his, his lad Jay comes in shaking hands with people and saying hello. So, again, great, great credit to Mr. and Mrs. Murray for the lad that she's raised and then what Scotty and, uh, and his, the, the mum has done as well there, yeah. Yeah, very well said. Uh, one more of it, two more bits from me, actually. Romeo Beckham was at Ashton Gate. Yeah. What? what? I wonder if Ali saw him, yeah. No. no. He was, so he was over in the Seriously. Dolman stand uh, on his Instagram. Uh, apparently his girlfriend lives in the southwest. Uh, so she might have said, well, I know where we can go. We'll go and watch Bristol City. Who knows? No idea why he was there. However, Cruz Beckham. That's a great spot. Cruz and David were at the World Cup final, so I wonder who got the best deal there. As was Steve Torpy. <laughs> As was Steve Torpy. <laughs> Steve Torpy. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Steve Torpy. Amazing. At yeah. the World Cup final, yeah, I'll be on the screen in a minute, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, right, and if you're looking for a Christmas present, an idea for you, uh, it's on the 23rd of March, 2023, and it's PLM events bringing Paul Gascoigne back to Bristol. I think he was here earlier this year. He was. An, yep. an evening with Gaza. Um, so have a look on Facebook PLM events Thursday the 23rd of March 2023 uh, yeah if you're always if you're searching for a Christmas present for someone who likes football I'm pretty sure they'd be interested in that so can I just say I am searching for a Christmas present for someone <laughs> and it's it's one of the Bristol City oh, Robins yeah. bubble hats so the one that actually is the black and white one with Robins written across it yeah um, my friend's desperate for one they've not been in stock for I mean they're a couple of seasons old but if anybody has got one that they'd be willing to sell, please get in touch. Just stick it on um, on Twitter, Matt, and we'll retweet it and we'll do. Yeah, get we'll it out do. there Thank and you. see if we can find one. But uh, Ali, you, you haven't got a Robin's bobble hat? Not going around, <laughs> uh, I'm, it will not surprise you to learn I haven't. No. <laughs> I know you've got to stay impartial. <laughs> That's it. I, I neither have a Robin's one or a or a Bristol Rovers one. None <laughs> of, neither of those two things. Brilliant. And you weren't commentating that night five years ago, were you? Man I, uh, no, I was working for Points West. Yeah, I was there for Points West. And I got up out of my seat to go downstairs because I had to do a live outside oh, by the statue. And I was literally just getting to my feet to go, right, I'm going to have to go outside and miss extra time um, to do this live for our 10.25 bulletin when the winning goal was scored. So I sat back down again. Just oh, to, you saw it, to, brilliant. Uh, yeah, so I did see it. Yeah, I did see it. Yeah, excellent. Well, when you look back as well at that Man United team, and I have got it on here as well. Yeah, we can't, you can't. We can't hear you, now, Matt. Sorry. Yeah, uh, but McTominay, uh, Lukaku, Pogba, Rashford, Ibrahimovic, Marsh, Marshall, Ibrahimovic, Ibrahimovic. Remember, yeah. Just incredible, really, wasn't it? To think that we we beat that side. Yeah. Yeah. A great evening, and uh, and uh, yeah, on up to the Etihad. A few weeks later, but a couple of weeks later, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back in 2022, soon to be 2023. But yeah. uh, Boxing Day, West Brom. Let's hope we can can be inconsistent and win. Uh, <laughs> just put a positive spin on it. But yeah. yeah, just to say, um, for the bonus show listeners, uh, a very merry Christmas. Uh, hope you have a yeah. great merry Christmas time with friends and family and uh, we'll be back with uh, with the West Brom game but thank you very much Ali for joining us yeah thanks Ali you're welcome to speak to you mate
great work. Sorry, we had to uh, give you World Cup updates as you no, were watching I'm, on, yeah. on catch up. No, you'll, be, you'll probably be seeing Jeff Hurst's goal in, a, in the next couple of minutes. <laughs> I think we're yeah, that too. far behind, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Pleasure absolutely. as always, guys. Thanks yeah. for having me on. Thanks, Thanks Ali. Ali. Cheers, Matt. Thanks, listen, everybody. Care, Don't mate. forget to best. follow us over on Twitter at 3PIAPC. Take care. Thank you. I've been riding low. I've been riding fast Gonna take this moment I'm gonna make it last Cause you don't know me Don't be quick to judge Cause I tell you something I don't care that much Don't come around here Preaching your goddamn Watching that little town slowly disappear